Hi, and welcome to DOD Secure, a podcast discussing national security and the protection of classified information. Here's where hard-hitting discussions tackling security clearances, insider threat, security programs to protect classified information, and intellectual property occur. We are so glad you are here, and this podcast is brought to you by SecurityClearanceDefenseLawyer.com and attorney Ron Siskis. Ron consults in all areas of security clearance concerns, and he can be reached by phone at 256-398-3316 or through his website. It's also brought to you by Security First and Associates. They provide FSO, CSO, consulting and training services. Hiring a full-time FSO can be expensive, A less expensive alternative is to use our managed security services. Our team of security professionals can help to minimize risks by assisting with many vital services from fingerprinting and background checks to DSS security vulnerability assessments. We also offer JPASS, FSO, and CSSO training. If you don't see the services you need, just ask. Security is our life. And by Red Bike Publishing at www.redbikepublishing.com, which has training resources and books based on security clearances and protecting classified information. You can also get your copy of NISPOM or your copy of the International Traffic and Arms Regulation or the ITAR there. Also included are books and training that you can download and present to your cleared employees. Our host, Jeff Bennett, is an author who publishes books as well as articles on clearancejobs.com. Good evening and welcome to podcast number two. I'm Jackie Bray with Torch Technologies Security and I'm with your host, Jeff Bennett. Hi, Jackie. Um, possibly what people don't know, and welcome everybody to our episode two. Not titled yet, but I will title it in a minute. Um, Jackie Bray, many of you know, is my sister. Um, we're kind of in the family business of facility security officer. I'm not a facility security officer. I just design um, and write books and training for FSOs. And again, tonight is episode two, and I'd like to welcome my sister Jackie Bray here. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah. Um, So Jackie's an FSO, and how long have you been an FSO? I've been an FSO for 23 years. Wow. I know. Yeah. You must be really good at it now. Uh, I learn (laughs) things every day. I mean, every day. So, so... um, the point of this podcast is to train industry folks with security clearances on what an FSO is. You may or may not be one. You might just be an engineer working on a classified contract. So we want to introduce you to the FSO jobs and the functions, and maybe you can better use your FSO in your daily job. Or if you are an FSO or a security manager managing classified um, projects, then this this could be helpful to you, and we hope that it is. So what does an FSO do? I imagine they um, 
they um, read Nispalm a lot and bust spies. Is that, is that what you guys do? That's exactly what we do. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Nispalm is um, our Bible, if you will. I would encourage anyone, including um, the security officer and the PM, to be familiar with the Nispalm. Um, the Nispalm has a lot of um, good information in it for us daily. But that's not that's not all we do. We don't bust spies, and we don't we don't read the Nispalm all day. When's the last spy you busted? I have never busted a spy, oh, oh, okay. but I do like reading about them. <laughs> so, um, do you have the Nispalm on your nightstand? Is that no, no? It's not under my pillow at night. Oh. It, it's on my desk and it's on my computer. I have a hard copy and a soft copy. The good thing about um, a hard copy is I'm old school, so I can go through and make notes and I can um, put stickies in there and, and a, a quick reference. I can also do that on my computer. Well, good. Um, I know that Nispalm comes out at least every few years, and so you're able to... Do you have like a nice dog-eared copy now? Um, I do, I do. And we have ISLs, which is the Industrial Security Letter. The ISL actually um, supersedes what's in the NISPOM. Um, so if there's a section in the NISPOM that needs to be changed, it's too expensive to change the whole NISPOM. So they do release an ISL, and um, we haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, that's good. I know that the ITAR is updated almost every six months to a year, so that's something hard to get if you print it off. I imagine you had to keep yep. reprinting it. And I think it's, that's starting to settle down now. ITAR mm-hmm. is inter, International Traffic and Arms Regulation, and it deals with exports. You happen to have that book. Yeah. And Jeff Bennett. It's Palm, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. That, that's great. Your host says a lot of great things. Uh, thank you. Until mommy said that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so you, you've got your NISPOM. Um, what do you think? Do you think all the employees should have a copy of NISPOM, or should they just become their security officer and asking them questions? Well, I think that we need to make um, employees familiar with the NISPOM, and the way we do that is with our security handbook. Some people call it the security SPP. Some people call it the... Um, security management book, whatever whatever you decide to call it, um, we do reference the NISPOM. Um, each section of this book um, goes over sections of the NISPOM. So it's kind of broken down, and we have it. Each company, it's a requirement that we have one. Um, it's dated, and it's usually signed by the president of the company. And it's um, made available on the website or some kind of security share drive. Okay. So... Why do you have an SPP if you have a NISPOM? The NISPOM is very hard to read. It's very difficult to read. The SPP kind of um, breaks it down. Um, I call mine the security handbook because it actually is a handbook for those looking for different references, such as um, visit requests. Um, How do I submit a visit request to my security officer? So it will tell you how to do that. Um, How do I... um, How do I get a security clearance? Um, What do I do if I have a violation? Um, Things like that that it makes it a little bit easier to to get through. So NISPOM says you have to have a clearance, or NISPOM says you have to have a visit request. Your SPP tells you how your company implements those guidance. Yes, that's correct. Nice. Yes, it's a lot easier to read. So 
does the so the Nispalm, for those of you who don't know, is eleven chapters and three or four appendices. Um, does that all apply to each facility? No. Um, it does some facilities um, do not have storage capabilities. So some some facilities don't have require special requirements like NATO, Sinwitty, um intelligence information. Right. Some don't have closed areas. Um, some companies are very small, and they just have, um, they might have 50 people um, clear to the secret level, um, and they just, they do work out on, on the base, on right. base somewhere. Okay. So the, a, a small portion of the NISPOM would, would apply to them. Yeah. So I know a lot of companies that have security clearances, their facilities have security clearances, but their employees don't work in them. And that's right. what you mean by they work on base. They work yes. off-site at another clear uh, area where they use their clearances. That's correct. That's correct. And the way that we know how to handle this is a document called the DD-254. Um, the DD-254 comes from our contracts department. It's actually a contract um, between the government and the contracting agency, Um and the DD-254 is the security agreement between the company and the government. So the DD-254 tells us if we can have storage, and storage is based on what DSS gave us when they you know, came out and gave us our inspection. If I have a safe, if the DD-254 is, gives me the requirement to have classified documents, um, is my work going to be performed on the base or in my facility, um, can I have classified documents? Can I have a classified computer? Um, the level of, of things. So that's, you know, we have to be very familiar with, with the DD-254. Uh, area where they use their clearances. That's correct. That's correct. And the way that we know how to handle this is a document called the DD-254. Um, the DD-254 comes from our contracts department. It's actually a contract um, between the government and the contracting agency. Um, and the, the DD-254 is the security agreement between the company and the government. So the DD-254 tells us if we can have storage, and storage is based on what DSS gave us when they you know, came out and gave us our inspection. If I have a safe, if the DD-254 is, gives me the requirement to have classified documents, um, is my work going to be performed on the base or in my facility? Um, can I have classified documents? Can I have a classified computer? Um, the level of, of things. So that's, you know, we have to be very familiar with, with the DD-254. So on the 254, if I is does each um, cleared facility just have one 254? That would be nice. No, um, some well, actually, some facilities do. If you're a very small company, you might have one contract and one DD 254 with the government. My company has hundreds of 254s. Okay, so the. 254 goes with each contract, and you could have many 254s. Correct, yes. Yeah. So would the 254 be the starting point if you wanted to learn everything you could and establish a good security program? It would be part of it. Okay.
Good, because I imagine it would tell you, like you said earlier, what your security clearance level is, what you could store on site, if you had those special things like NATO and SINWIDI, and probably a bunch of other right. information too, right? It does. It sure does. So you recently changed jobs. I, I did. Yeah. And so if I was, I were a new FSO or an FSO going to a new location, um, what are some things I might do on my first day or my first month there? Make yourself very familiar with your surroundings. For instance, um, you know, we touched on DD-254s. Um, I got all of the 254s. I read each one of them and made myself familiar with each program that we had, and I made notes, and I tried to, um, you know, again, make myself familiar with, with what we had out there, how many cleared people were um, on each contract, how many closed areas it called for, how many locations we have, um, things like that. And there's also a contracts list that was put together for me to look at, so it made it easier for me yeah. to... Yeah, I could see that um, if I was doing that kind of work. I'm a system security engineer right now, and I love Excel spreadsheets. So I imagine I would mm-hmm. take a 254 and maybe a contract and write down requirements on one side and use the other columns to see um, what those requirements were, and mm-hmm. I'd kind of build a work schedule for me. What tools do you use? Well, actually, the same thing. Oh, okay. Um, since you said that, I, I do have a um, spreadsheet. The first column is the um, contract number, and then sometimes there's an identifier um, called a project number. Um, it's what you charge your time to in Dell Tech if you use that or any kind of time card thing. So you might have an identifier and the contract number and then the level um, of the contract, whether it's top secret or secret. And what that means is if you have a DD-254 to the top secret level, it means that you can have employees that have a top secret clearance. And if the safeguarding is set, that means you can have employees to the top secret level with secret documents in your safe. Okay. And, wow. So, um... Is it hard to keep track of? of of people that are on the contract? Yeah. No, actually, you can um, you can we can run a report in Dell Tech, and I'm sure whatever system that you have, you can run a report um, per contract number or per project number that I talked about earlier, and that um, that will give you a list of people that are on that contract. Oh, okay, and then. Um, so you mentioned that Dell Tech, is that um, some um, technology that you use to assist it, you with your job? It does. It's a time card um, software that a lot of companies use, and it's, it has a lot of good information that each department of your company can take advantage of, which security does. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, um, so, so you mentioned get familiar with the contracts. Are there other things that you can do to become familiar with your company or or kind of put yourself in, like, hey, I'm the FSO, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, Absolutely. I'm establishing myself? So, so the, the first thing, you know, other than making yourself familiar with DD-254s, I should have said this first, um, you always want to do a self-inspection. Ah. So. The self-inspection um, will go over each section of the NISPOM. It'll go over document control. So you might want to do a document control inventory of your very own. Because when you come into a new company or, or 
um, start a company and you're the, the FSO, you need to own your security department. So you want to come in and do your own self-inspection and make sure that things are done the way that you want them to be done because everybody has their own way of filing and their own way of doing things. But um, So document control, there's visitor control. Um, you, have, you know, make yourself familiar with JPass. Do you have a JPass account? How do you get a JPass account? Look in JPass and run your reports in there and make sure that everyone in there belongs in there and, you know, your terminations are done correctly and things right. like that. So you've been doing it 20-something years, um, really good at it. And I feel like you, you've you demonstrated that you can go from one company, um, learn how security works there or bring your skills there as their FSO. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who is either just entering into the field or is thinking about a job as an FSO? I would definitely um, look into joining a society like um, NCMS, and the acronym is National Classification Management Society. And NCMS is a great way to... Um, to meet people, to network and meet people. It's a good way to um, to find a mentor. And that's that's the most important thing if you're starting out is to find a mentor, someone that you can pick up the phone and call. Because a lot of times if you look at your, at your company's security book or if you look at the NISPOM or if you look on the DSS website and you're trying to find something, it's sometimes it's difficult to find. But if you can find that human being that you can call and talk to, it's a lot easier to do your job. I've I still call people. I've been in this business a long time, yeah. so it's good to network. Yeah, I call you all the time, especially when I'm writing articles at clearance jobs. Jackie helped me on my last articles, so so appreciate I, that. I didn't do my. It was a great article. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you were very helpful. So, um, you know, it's like the, the thing about the um, facility security officer position is every once in a while you know you find that that somebody wants an fso or somebody wants a security manager um but i don't know any college courses that get you there um where do most of fso's and security people come from do you have any experience with that oh wow um you know we've promoted from the front desk security if somebody shows some type of interest and um there's a lot of, um, what are those um, classes at um, at um, Calhoun? Oh, Calhoun Security um, Protection Management, like on the law enforcement side. Thank you. I was trying to, I couldn't find my words. Law enforcement was what I, I was thinking. There's a lot of um, law enforcement classes that actually lead you to the security field. And um, you can also... Look, if you're um, on Indeed or looking for a job, there's security jobs pop up all the time, and people don't know what it means to be a security officer. They think I carry a gun, so right, I, right. I have to tell people all the time, no, I don't. I don't carry a gun. It's industrial security. I, I push paper all day long, and I'm on the computer. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is, it's a lot different. Well, uh, I got, I've got a funny story. Um, when I was a facility security officer, somebody came to my office and ask me to help them move a desk I said I'll be happy to help you move a desk but you know can we I can probably get somebody with some equipment to help you at the at the facilities department they said aren't you facilities department mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> I was like, no but I'm more than willing to help anybody I just 
I'm not above yeah. that, but I just wanted to correct them what my job was. Yeah. Protecting classified information. I'm not crazy about that title, facility <laughs> security officer. A lot of people don't know what it means. I think we should just be called security managers or, you know, industrial security managers, something like that. Right. And um, what is... What does DSS do? A vulnerability assessment, a risk assessment. Maybe we're risk managers. Maybe mm-hmm. we go more than just lock up stuff inside of a That's safe, right? right? Um, you, you have to do a risk assessment, and you know, NISPOM doesn't tell you. They just tell you, "Hey, um, if you have a secret, just put it in a container." Mm-hmm. Well, what if you're in a high risk area? Maybe you want to put an alarm on it, but right. you might not know to do that because NISPOM doesn't tell you you have to, right? Right, but the DD two five four does. Oh yeah. And then, and maybe maybe a um, a risk study of your area mm-hmm. too may exactly right. tell you to bump it up. Um, was, that's what your specialty is, Jeff. If yeah. anyone if anyone needs a risk assessment, you know, call I my love brother. Risk assessments, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, so, you know, we mentioned that that people might be able to move from administrative position, like the front desk, um, to a security position. I know there's some people that are like legit. C suite people, you know, they're they're executives. Um, they carry themselves as executives. How do you go from being um, looked at by somebody, a man or um, another executive, from being like, "Hey, go get my clearance and butt mm-hmm. out," to, um, "Hey, you're part of our team, and we need to incorporate your policies into the corporate policies." Right, and that that's a that's a great question because. I've tried um, very hard throughout my career to be known as a professional, right? a security professional, not a security clerk. Being a security professional, to me, um, you know, we're, we're invited to meetings, we're um, held at a higher esteem in the company. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the front desk. The front desk, are, they're great people. We all have great people but the security field, we, um, I always tell my staff, you know, if we get a bad inspection, we either make or break the company. It's up to us. If DSS comes in, we have um, a bad review, you know, we, we all fail. So we're in this together as a team of professional security adults that um, have the knowledge and the expertise to, you know, to come in and, and know what we have to read to get our job done and um, come in daily and um, act professional and treat our employees in the same manner. Yeah, so. yeah that's right. Um, so it's all about building credibility, it sounds like. And um, I, I teased you early about um, degrees or something, but but I guess it's there's not a specific degree you could get as, a, as an FSO or a security mm-hmm. manager. That's um, correct. I have a business degree. Right. So, I think that's a great one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. You could come in with, with any type of degree. And I, I know FSOs that don't have a degree. Mm. So I think you, you can bring knowledge to the table that's without true. having a degree. Yeah, that's true. So um, what else could you bring? Um, you, you got your knowledge and you get hired based on your reputation. Um, maybe your company that you currently work for has a Cogswell that you helped to get. And- mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny you say that. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm proud to say that, that um, my previous company, um, we did get the Cogswell Award in 2010. Cogswell Award is the highest, most prestigious, prestigious um, security award that any 
security professional can ever hope to achieve. Only, Congratulations. Thank you. And only about 3% of companies get this this prestigious award. So it's great to have one. And if you have one out there, I mean, you you deserve any any type of bonus or raise that you might have gotten. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there very hard work because um, you're not just getting satisfactory on your score. BSS. You're getting what, superior? You're getting, superior, you're getting um, three superiors in a row. Wow. Um, that's three years worth of hard work. That's right. And least. sometimes longer because mm-hmm. if, once you get a superior, you're – your DSS assessments get moved to 18 to 24 months. Oh, goodness. And okay. everything's about to change, and I think we can talk about that in our next yeah, topic. Yeah. Everything... Love to have you back. Yeah, thank you. Um, so um, and we, we could probably wrap it up with one more um, way to establish credibility. Um, uh, there are several certifications out there that an FSO could get, um, certifications with, ASIAS, mm-hmm. American Society of Industrial Security. Yes, yes, that's a good one. There's, there's an industrial security professional, and um, as is has one that's um, I forgot the name of it. Oh, CPP. That's right. Yes, they yeah. have many. They have many, and it's it's a lot of hard work, um, a lot of studying. But if you know the NISPOM and you know your surroundings, you, you'll do really well on these. And they're really good to have. And also, since you brought up training, there's a um, free training on the DSS website. All you have to do is sign up for it. It's it's a, um, it's in a place called Step. And don't ask me what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's a DSS website. I forgot what it said, but it's part of the um, CDSE, um, which is uh, education provided by DSS. And um, so we mentioned the NCMS is Industrial Security Professional which is a study of the NISPOM, the ASIS, which has the um, Certified Protection Professional, amongst other great... It's more, it's more facility. Yeah, they have law enforcement, physical. they have physical security, mm-hmm. they have different ones. Um, and um, DSS has certifications as they well. Do. Yeah, and um, SPEED certification, S-P-E-D. And um, one of theirs is the ISOC, Industrial Security um, Officer Certification or something. I'm sorry. I think that's right. I think that's right. I have it. Mm -hmm. And it is strictly NISPOM. So, for example, if you have the ISP certification, I recommend testing for the ISOC as well because um, uh, those certifications as well are DOD certifications, and um, they mean a lot. Can't you put those behind your name on your signature block? Yep, you can put them all out there. X, Y, Z, A, B, C, all the way down. Yeah, and um, they carry a lot of weight, at least in the um, DOD security arena. And uh, so we'd recommend, and we can have some discussions about that too. So, um, Jackie, it's been great having you. Well, thank you. Um, I'd like to have you back on if you'd like to come back and discuss some of these in more in depth. I would love to. There's a lot of things we can break down um, one by one. We we went through a lot of, a lot of things tonight that are, are kind of, bound together but i think if we took one topic at a time i think that would be great yeah and if you have any questions again our email address is editor at redbikepublishing.com and you can shoot questions for jackie there as well and be i would be happy to answer them again thank you for coming and um we'd love to hear your opinions good, good thanks night, jeff good night everyone good night 
Thank you for joining DoD Secure, the podcast that talks about security clearances and protecting classified information according to the NISPOM. For more information, visit us at dodsecure.com or email us at editor at redbikepublishing.com. We would again like to thank our sponsors, securityclearancedefenselawyer.com and Security First and Associates at www.securityfirstassociates.com.